Lord Church. Hasn't God been good to us so far this morning? God is always good. Amen. Well, I've never been announced in an association with Steady Diet before. Amen. But that's all right. Praise God. Some great things going on around Lighthouse. I'm excited. I'm thankful. Amen. Glad to have Pastor back. Amen. On a consistent basis. Glad to have you here, Pastor. Amen. But those that have filled in for him the last few weeks, amen, they have done an incredible job. Thank you, Brother Lee, and others that have uh, spoken behind this pulpit, not just in preaching, but they have taken care of things and held things down, amen, while he is absent. We sure appreciate that. We haven't missed a beat, have we, church? Amen? Amen. All right. I'm so thankful to be in this house. I have uh, been traveling a little bit this year so far in 2019 preaching a little bit amen if I had preached every time you'd ask me this year brother brother Buford I'd have preached every Sunday amen so far but uh I've traveled from Louisiana to Pacific this year so far the Pacific that is in Missouri amen the Lord has blessed me amen and I'm excited about what he is doing Hebrews chapter 11 Beginning with verse 1, there are a lot of times that I have said and other preachers have said and will say, amen, that a, a, a service has been tailored for a specific moment, amen, but every, every song this morning without just coming out and saying it has been tailored for a moment, either a word has been said or a line has been saying, amen, where if we were not even not listening and not aware, amen, the Lord was directing our heart and shaping our minds and opening our spirits, amen, to what he would ha uh, have to say to us today, even up to uh, what Brother Harris said before that last song, amen. And I'm thankful that God cares enough, amen, to set some time aside for you and I, aren't you? Amen, that happens every time we get to hear the word of God because it doesn't come back void. He has done something to set us up and put us in a position, amen, where we can feel his presence and hear from him, amen. So many folks are saying, I'm waiting to hear from the Lord, and they don't ever crack open their Bible, which is his word, amen, and he will speak to us. So we come here on Wednesdays and, and Sundays and, and special events, amen, and these are times where God gets to speak to us because our ears are here and we're open, amen, amen. I'm going to talk to you today about waiting and expecting. Many times, preachers, and including myself, and especially myself this time, get to go through things so that we're qualified to preach about things. Amen. Amen. And that is uh, okay, I guess. That's God's will, and that helps us all. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning with verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Skip down to verse 6, if you will. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. One more verse of scripture, Ephesians 3.20. You may not make it to it. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I'm going to ask you to pray something specific before we get started. Look past the moment. 
look past the man in the moment that's preaching, amen, whether you like me or love me or, or disappointed in me or you're whatever you are, amen, in this moment. Let the word of God minister to you, amen. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We're so thankful for this day, this hour, this ability and opportunity that you have given us to be in your house, amen. We want you, God, as our hearts and minds are open, as we're available here today, that you would minister and strengthen us here today, God, that we can press forward in your kingdom and in your purpose. And God, we want you, Lord, to open our minds and hearts. We're available to you today. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. God is good. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. Faith is substance, and it's evidence. Amen. There is, uh, I love folks that are of great faith. You ever have those people that you feel like no matter what they go through or no matter what you, where you find them in life, amen, they seem like they're up and they're encouraged and they just believe that God can do anything, amen. I'm not going to name any names, but I know a few folks that I have known them to lose everything. I have seen them to be in bad health, amen. And, but when you talk to them, and they begin to talk about the ability and the, and the goodness of God, praise the Lord, you will see them exhibit great faith because in every moment and in every hour and in every circumstance, I feel they, you, you get that feeling from them that they just believe God can do it. They just believe that no matter where they are or what they've seen or how bad they hurt, God is going to come through, amen. That there are those, praise the Lord, that even if they've got tears down their face they will tell you I'm just trusting in him I'm waiting on him I'm believing in him I love folks of great faith and we have all had our moments amen of great faith every one of us have had those moments where we just believed that God was going to do it but we've also had those times in our life amen where we wondered where is God and why God and how come and when and all of those types of things we've had those moments and there is no greater place to look amen for folks of great faith than Hebrews chapter 11. I love this chapter because there's so much in it. You could spend probably a year teaching out of it if you really broke it down and went verse to verse and person to person, amen. But if you look at these individuals in there, they were people of great faith. In fact, it has been dubbed the faith chapter where it's almost like the hall of faith. It's where those that accomplished great things are held on in the impossible, amen. They are listed and they are placed, amen, in Hebrews chapter 11. Let me just go over a few of those this morning. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning with verse 7. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. Warned 
of things not seen. That is a man of great faith in that moment, praise God, where God has told him, I want you to build an ark because I'm going to flood the earth. I'm going to let the rains come down and I'm going to let the waters come up. This was a man that was warned of things not yet seen. Amen. Noah was a man that had not seen rain. He had not seen a flood. He had not seen that kind of destruction, but he was warned of it. And because God had said it was going to happen, it was something that Noah took as a promise, amen, and that it was concrete. It became substance and evidence to him, amen. If you will look in those first few verses that we read, the the Bible is telling us, the writer of Hebrews is letting us know, I'm I'm about to list a bunch of folks and here's how they did it. Faith became substance and evidence to them that they all they needed was a word from God. All they needed was to see the promises that were listed, amen, in his word. Even though they didn't have a Bible, amen, they still had the word of God, amen. And Noah moved and being divinely warned of things he had not yet seen, took that as concrete if I've never seen it but God said it's going to happen I believe it's going to happen and he started building an ark to the saving of his people hallelujah Abraham obeyed in verse 8 when he was called to go out to a place which would receive where he would receive an inheritance and went out not knowing where he was going by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob the heirs with with him of the same promise for he waited for a city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God go back up to the first part of verse 8 Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out a man to a place and he went out not knowing where he was going hallelujah he had been given a man in order to start marching pastor he had been told you've got to leave your comfort zone you've got to leave your family you've got to pack them up and start heading for the borders amen not knowing where he was going he wasn't given a map he wasn't given GPS coordinates he was not given any directions amen he was just simply told you've got to start walking I'm going to take you somewhere it's a place that I promise I'm going to let you find it's a place where you're going to amen discover one day but it's on the horizon and it's out in your future hallelujah and the bible tells us that Isaac and Jacob were the heirs of that same promise amen watch this there was a promise that was given to some folks amen and they didn't know where it was going to be they didn't know how it was going to come to pass they didn't know how to get there they didn't have directions they weren't given a map hallelujah but they were given a word from God that if it's going to be there if you start walking you're going to find it hallelujah I'm not talking about blind faith here I'm talking about faith being the substance and the evidence hallelujah that if God said it he's going to do it if God said it's there you're going to find it if God said it's coming it's coming if God said it's a promise you're going to receive hallelujah It's waiting and expecting, amen, that they did. They were not just, amen, waiting. And the Bible tells us that these all died in verse 13. These all died in that faith, amen, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off were assured of them. They were, they, 
uh, embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. What does that mean? That means that they didn't ever find what God told them that they were going to find. They never got to the location. Amen. They never got there. Amen. But they held on to a promise. Amen. And they went about confessing when folks said, where are you headed? I don't know. God just said go. Well, when are you going to get there? I'm not sure. But God said keep moving. (laughs) Well, when is it going to come? I can't tell you that. But God said it's coming. What do you mean? I'm confessing to you that I'm holding on to something that if God said it is, it is. If God said it will be, it will be. I'm holding on to a handle, amen. That is my faith, that God is faithful and just. And if he said it's going to happen, it's going to happen. It doesn't matter if it's months or years or decades or a lifetime. I've just got to keep moving. I've just got to keep walking. I've just got to keep searching. I've just got to keep seeking and looking. Hallelujah. Because God said it's there. These were folks of great faith. Amen. And Moses is no less than any of them when he was born. He was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not, and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, verse 24 in Hebrews 11. Amen. And I skipped a whole bunch of folks. You can read Hebrews 11 for yourself and read those in the hall of faith. But by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing Rather, to suffer affliction with the people. Say, that's faith. With the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. For he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. Isn't that awesome? That by faith he kept looking to a reward Moses, was it riches? Was it luxury? Was it comfort? No, I've got that in Egypt. He kept looking because God, amen, had impressed him that there is a reward that's greater than the riches and the fame and the comfort that comes in this world and in this life. And he said, I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to keep searching. I'm going to keep walking, even if it's considered the reproach of Christ. It's still greater than anything I can get in this life. That's faith. Pastor, faith is substance and evidence. Faith, amen, is something that you can take to the bank, for lack of better words. Let me read just a few more. And what more shall I say for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, amen, who through faith... Through faith, subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still, others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. Amen. They were stoned and they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain by the sword. They wandered about in sheep 
sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. I'm still in the hall of faith, folks. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Hallelujah. Can I tell you today that these were able to be in the den of lions and recognize that they just simply were not on the menu. They were able to walk through deserts and experience drought and look at clear skies, amen, and hot temperatures and be thirsty and hungry but realize, amen, that I'm not going to get so hungry that I'm going to perish. I'm not going to be so thirsty that I dry up, hallelujah, but God is going to provide. It says that, amen, whenever somebody died, they still hung on to substance and evidence. They still held on to their faith. Why? Because God is able, amen, to bring back to life that which has died. I'm here to to tell somebody that faith is substance and it's evidence. When you look all around and your circumstances and your the climate that you're in tells you it's not there and you haven't arrived and if you don't even see it on the horizon, I'm here to tell somebody that has felt like giving up or walking away or throwing in the towel, hallelujah, I'm here to tell you, keep marching, keep seeking, keep walking, hallelujah. You may not have anything but your faith, and that's going to be enough. You may not have any evidence in your hand, amen, but faith is substance and it's evidence. What does that say, amen? Whenever we get a, a, an unfulfilled promise from an unseen God, you may want to write this down. When we get an unfulfilled promise from an unseen God, that means that that promise, amen, is just as real as that God, hallelujah, just because you can't hang on to it. But God promised it, but I don't have it in my hand yet. If you'll still believe in God, you can still believe in the promise if you still believe in the master hallelujah you can still believe that he's able hallelujah if you can just get past what's going on in your mind right now in your life right now in your family right now at the doctor's office right now in the courts right now on your job right now I'm here to tell you you can hang on to that faith amen and you can hang on to it like it's a solid rock hallelujah because God is going to do it Amen. God is for us. Amen. There is no expectation too low or too high. Amen. That can hinder God's ability. Come on, somebody. You cannot, and I'm not going to preach, that's another message. I've got another message that's all about low expectations, high expectations. I'm not going to do that. But there were folks in the Bible that thought, this is it, I'm dead. I'm done. And it didn't stop God from being God. He still delivered them. There are folks that had faith in the hall of faith in Hebrews 11 that had super high faith, amen, and they still didn't climb higher than God's ability. Oh, hallelujah. God is God. Here is something that I, I, I want to preach and I, I, want, I want to start getting a, a concrete in my life. God is God and he is sovereign in all of his ways. I wish I got an amen on that. Our faith, no matter how strong or great it may be, does not add to God or make him more able, more willing, more knowing, or more powerful. He's omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent all by himself. 
Your super high great faith does not make him more able. Your super low faith does not hinder his ability. God is sovereign and God is God all by himself. We don't make him, we don't add to him, we don't subtract from him. Neither do our circumstances. Neither does our frame of mind. Neither does our lack or strong faith. Amen? Amen? Faith serves as substance and evidence. And the byproduct of that faith, watch this, is peace and comfort. Amen? How could those in the hall of faith keep pushing on? It's because they had faith that acted as their substance and their evidence. But because they had faith in God, not in their circumstance, they could walk through a desert with peace and comfort. If you have found your peace and comfort robbed, you have allowed the devil to whisper in your ear for too long. If you're in a situation where you're about to pull your hair out or cry your eyes out, and these are all emotions that God has given us. I'm not knocking you if you're doing those things. But if you have allowed yourself to get frustrated to the point where you want to quit or throw in the towel or pull out your hair or cry your eyes out, I want to recommend to you get back to faith and let that be your substance and your evidence because that's where you're going to find peace and comfort. Amen? You're not going to find it. You're not even going to find that in the promise. You're not even going to find that when you land square in the will of God. If you're in the will of God and your faith is not your substance and your evidence, you'll find a moment where you're not in peace and you don't have comfort in where you are. It's true anyway, amen. Isaiah chapter 54. This is where I want to, I want to try to minister to you, amen. I set all that up. That was my introduction. Now I'm going to start preaching. No, I'm just, calm down, calm down. I want to eat too. You see, I don't miss meals. I'm not even late. Isaiah 54. My God, this is where God has ministered to me in this. I'm not going to be a crybaby. What do you guys mind bringing me that water, please? Isaiah 54, beginning with verse 1. I woke up one night about 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And uh, the Lord ministered to this to me. Amen. So I may just, uh, I may just re-preach this to myself. Isaiah 54, beginning with verse 1. Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not Travail with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. I really feel like the Lord is speaking to someone, amen, about their faith. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shalt not remember the reproach of the widowhood any more. 
For thy maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name. Thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth shall be called. Shall he be called. That barrenness, amen, if you allow me to to define that, praise the Lord, means too poor to produce much or any vegetation. It's really referring to a barren land, amen. A land that has found itself lacking production and unproductive, amen. Let me just read some synonyms, praise God. See, I got that out just fine. Unproductive, infertile, unfruitful, sterile, desert, waste, desolate, uncultivatable, or impoverished, amen. I can tell you, folks, and I heard the testimonies, 2018 felt like a barren year. Can I just get a Sunday morning wave? I heard the testimonies. I heard folks say, boy, 2018, I drug through it, amen. I barely made it. It it becomes a moment, amen, where things can seem barren or unproductive. See, when we read about the folks in Hebrews chapter 11, we just read that they made it, that they made it through. Hey, they landed in Hebrews chapter 11, pastor. But then when we got to the end of Hebrews 11, we found out, They went through some stuff. Abraham, even though he kept walking, he kept walking and kept walking and kept walking. Even though uh, Daniel, amen, made it through, he had a lion's den. Amen. Joseph, praise God, even though he got to the end of his life, amen, and he found out that all of it was for the cause of God, amen. He had to go through some stuff. 17 years worth of through some stuff. And you'll find out that many of those in in the hall of faith there went through many, many more years and even decades, amen, of stuff. Amen? So the the scripture is telling us, sing, O barren, amen. O thou that didst not bear. It's saying there is a difference between waiting and expecting, amen. Amen? It's talking about a situation of lacking production or uh, not being fruitful, amen. And the circumstance has almost caused you to shrink down within yourself, amen. I need a chair. Can I have somebody get me a chair? Let me have one of these chairs. I'll use the anointed one. See, that's good. The Lord knew what's up. Can I, just, can I just get down to earth and minister to you? What happens is there was an instruction there, Sister Sorrels, that you've got to allow them to stretch you. You've got to stretch your cords out. You've got to put the tent stakes out a little bit further. And you've got to let them add to the curtains and get them out and about. What happens is, when, we, when faith stops being, Pastor, our substance and our evidence, we draw within ourselves. Not necessarily a pity party, because I'm, I'm not going to knock anybody, because I've been here and I've done it. But we start looking in ourselves. So here is the barren, if you allow me. I think I'm blowing my notes to pieces here, so I'm going to be lost here in just a few minutes. But I feel like the Lord is ministering. Here's the barren sitting. Would it be better if I'm up there? 
barren, sitting in her tent. And she's been instructed to stretch it out. So what she has done is in her circumstance and in her mind has made a tent that's just big enough for her. If we get in a place, amen, and and I feel like we have found ourselves in a position, amen, where we have redefined waiting. Do you guys remember when I, I won't even ask you that because I just insult myself. I preached a lesson called redefining the wait. This could almost be a part two or an extension of that. See, waiting, when the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. You know that, that scripture? That waiting doesn't mean find a place to sit down and fold your arms. Otherwise, you wouldn't be running, walking, mounting up, right? It doesn't mean find a place to sit down. Go, go find a waiting room, and when the doctor is available, he'll call you. That's not what it means. It means redefining the way. While you're waiting, be busy. Work. Get things done. Keep praying. Keep fasting. Stay in the word of God. Keep coming to church. Keep doing right. Keep doing what you know to do. Keep waiting on the Lord. Well, we have redefined, amen, I feel like, maybe I'm just preaching to me, but we have almost redefined waiting, and we've allowed it to become barrenness. Where we think we're waiting in our little tent for things to get right and things to come to us, but all we've got room in there for is ourselves. Oh, I wish I could preach to somebody. All we've got room in there is what we can accumulate to ourselves. There's no room for anybody to visit. There's no room for anybody to be born. There's no room, hallelujah, for the crib. There's no room, hallelujah, if you need to stretch out and somebody's sick and lay down. You've built your little tent because you're waiting and you've gone from waiting to barren. Oh, hallelujah. And that happens not when we have done wrong, not necessarily that we are in sin, Pastor, but that happens when we stop praying, when we stop believing, when we stop fasting, when we stop sacrificing, when we stop, oh, hallelujah, when we stop believing, when we stop walking through Walmart saying, I believe that God can heal somebody, God can touch somebody, God can deliver somebody. We begin to become barren in our waiting, hallelujah. When we stop, hallelujah, making faith our substance and our evidence. And we don't look for peace and comfort. We just look for the comfortable. I'm going to preach for a few minutes. I'm not in a hurry. We find ourselves there. Watch this. What was the first commandment, hallelujah, that he gave to her? He said, sing, Oh, barren. Sing, oh, barren. He then he gives the instructions to stretch out, but he says, sing, hallelujah. I'm here to tell you that whenever you are, amen, counting on God and you're waiting on God, hallelujah, praise God, I'm here to tell you that it's knowing that there is healing even when you're laid up sick. It's knowing that when the bills get there first, provision is on the way. It's sand, heat, dry air, clear skies, but you're building an ark because as real as your drought is, God said rain is on the way and that's just as 
real. It's being in a den of hungry lions, but knowing you're not on the menu. It's being lost like Zacchaeus, but knowing if I invite him, he's going to come home and sit down at the table with me. I'm here to tell you that when you don't feel good, sing. Hallelujah. When you feel alone, sing, Baron. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you that when the job looks like it's about to fail, sing. Hallelujah. You've got the, you, the God. Hallelujah. The Holy One of Israel is your husbandman. And he said, if you'll sing, praise God, and you'll begin to stretch out your tent, and you'll begin to extend the cords, and you'll hammer the stakes out farther than you think that he can fill them. I'm here to tell you that you can't stretch your tent out farther than God can fill it. He can bring it. He can fill it. He can, hallelujah, overflowing, praise God. The first thing you've got to do if you've got to find the song that's in your spirit that says, I say yes. Oh, hallelujah. That there's something in your spirit that says, yeah, I'm sick, but yes, he can. Oh, I'm lost, but yes, he can. Oh, I can't find my way, but yes, he can. But God, you promised decades ago, yes, he can. But my kids, amen, are hooked on drugs. Oh, but yes, he can. Oh, my kids, they're involved in things, hallelujah, that are diabolical, but yes, he can. But they're passing laws, amen, that are against us, but yes, he can. It looks like all odds are against me. Oh, yes, he can. What you've got to do is find in those moments of barrenness, in those hours of waiting, is you've got to let your spirit begin to well up with the waters, hallelujah, of joy and peace and comfort and sing. Sing, O barren, O thou that didst not bear. You don't feel like, amen, you are pregnant with a promise, just sing. Just sing, amen, he's coming. Let me read to you, if you allow me, amen, Isaiah 54, because one thing I did not put together and the Lord showed me, and I've read it dozens and dozens of times, but you know how when folks preach stuff, you've, you've, you kind of put this verse for this situation, you put this verse for this situation, amen. Well, there's something I didn't know that, amen, Isaiah 54 starts with single barren and it ends with no weapon formed against me. Amen. So I know that this is taboo and maybe you'll get quiet and you'll lose interest. Amen. But I want to read that chapter. It's powerful. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Uh, I'm reading the New King James Version. It'll be a little different than yours maybe. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. Amen. I love that. You who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes for you shall, say that's a promise, you shall expand to the right and to the left and to your and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Did you hear what that said? You're going to inhabit, pastor, the desolate cities. I'm just going to let you know, Pastor was teaching on the gifts to the church. And he talked about the five-fold ministry. And, and he recognized it. Maybe we did not, amen. But that was a prophetic utterance. That there's going to be a paradigm change in this church. And the five-fold ministry is going to become active. That's with us or without us. Because that was a prophecy, amen. 
He prophesied saying that's going to happen in this church. Amen. If that happens and when that happens, because remember faith is our substance, our evidence. When that happens, amen, this desolate city is going to be inhabited by God's people. I wish more than three or four people nodded yes to that, amen. We need to get a hold of that. We need to get a hold of what the purpose and the plan is for the church. It's not like Pastor said, for us to come here and sing two or three songs and hear a good sermon and then go home and feel good about ourselves. We've got to come here and cling to faith. We've got to come here and get refueled, not so that we can go home and feel good, but so that we can go out there, amen, and we can, amen, begin to be that old parent, amen, and extend our tents and our stakes and our cords, amen, so that we can fill that crib that we have built amen for the babies I'll just drop that on you amen do not fear for you will not be ashamed neither be disgraced for you will not be put to shame for you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore for your maker is your husband the Lord of hosts is his name and your redeemer is the holy one of Israel he is called the God of the whole earth for the Lord has called you for a mere moment I have forsaken you but with great mercies I will gather you amen with a little wrath I hid my face from you for a moment but with everlasting kindness I will have mercy on you says the Lord your redeemer please Try to follow me and, and open your mind as I'm, as, I'm, as I'm speaking his word because his word is going to penetrate your heart and your mind. And maybe you came in here and felt like you can't fulfill the things that God has set before you or asked you to do or told you to go, amen. But I'm here to tell you, if you can let this penetrate your heart and your mind, you can get up from here today. You can walk away from these altars and these chairs, amen. And you can walk out into the kingdom of God, praise the Lord, and you can do a powerful work for him. He's going to be with you and for you. Watch. For this is like the waters of Noah to me. Isn't that a coincidence? For I have sworn that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth. So have I sworn that I would not be angry with you nor rebuke you. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from you. Nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. Oh, you afflicted one, tossed with tempest and not comforted. Behold, I will lay your stones with colorful gems and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of rubies, your gates of crystal, and your walls of precious stones. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. In the righteousness ye shall be established. Ye shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. And from terror... You shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Who, whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. You remember we started singing, O barren, cry aloud and shout. Stretch forth the tents. And then he said, don't you worry. Your husband is here, and nobody's going to take you out. What I have promised to you, I will fulfill. Behold, I have created the blacksmith who blows the coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the spoiler to destroy. Watch this, verse 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which raises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. 
if you have found yourself in a place where you say, I don't feel like I qualified as that individual with great faith. I don't know that they're going to put me in the hall of faith. I'm not sure <laughs> if they keep writing Hebrews. I don't know if I'm going to make it, Brother Singleton. I don't know if they'll ever put my name in there. But if I can find that place and identify that I've been saying I'm waiting when in real reality I have just grown barren. And we do a lot of things under the, 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 the definition of waiting. Well, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting on the Lord. It's his move. Ball's in his court. I'm waiting. And all we are doing is shrinking our little tent down, saying, well, when he gets here, we'll work on this. When he finally, draw, when he finally draws my number, then we'll get it done. All along, he was saying, sing, cry, shout, extend. Watch this. My title was Waiting and Expecting, right? Waiting's okay, they that wait upon the Lord. I can't, I can't put down waiting. So I won't dare do that because some theologian will come up to me after church and tell me waiting's okay. We have got to go from waiting where we're just busy and working you hear me? We definitely got to get away from barrenness. We got to extend those stakes and those curtains and those tents. But what we've got to come every morning when our eyes open up, we've got to get to expectancy. I'm prophesying right now to individuals and to this church. You've got to come out of waiting and come to expectancy. I'm going to use the, 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 the widow woman again in 54. A woman that is pregnant with child is no longer waiting for anything. Because if you're waiting nine months from now, you're going to get a big surprise. <laughs> right? What do we say about a woman that is with child? She is expecting what does that mean? There's going to be preparations that you're going to have to make. You're going to have to get the house in order. You're going to have to prepare things. What do they call it? The nesting, I don't know if it's a syndrome. <laughs> nesting something. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have went there. It's where the woman just knows that baby's on the way. Something just clicks inside and says, I got to start getting the, the crib ready. I got to start getting the baby's room ready. I got to start making sure I got enough bottles and pacifiers and, and blankets and, and the bag is packed and sitting by the front door and, and there, there, there's an expectancy there. Something is coming. May come early, may come late, but something's coming. Here's what we got to be careful of that we're all guilty of. Those, those uh, ministry miscarriages, if you will. Because mis miscarriages, and, I, and I'm not trying to be insensitive to anybody, but miscarriages aren't anyone's fault. It's usually not the fault of the baby. It's not the fault of anyone, amen. It's just something, amen, that happened that it just didn't come. But the expectancy was there, amen. So you've got to start making those preparations, and there's going to be a swelling, and eventually there's going to be a pain, and eventually there's going to be all of those things that I'm not going to try and describe 
Because I only look pregnant. I have never been there. If we use that pregnant mother as the model for the church and for our lives, there's an expectancy there that something is coming. When we get up in the morning and we go to work, God is going to do something. When we come to church, oh, pastor, if we could get 140 folks to walk in here on any given service that say, you know what, something's going to happen tonight. If we came tonight and we said just, just, just tonight, but it, but it would expand beyond there. If we could just expand our cords and our curtains and our stakes and come here tonight and say, I'm going to sing, I'm going to cry, I'm going to shout, and something. Something is going to happen, amen. I'm here to tell you that that substance and that evidence, amen, will not let you down and peace and comfort will be there and God will fulfill, amen, and you will feel, feel the fulfillment of his promise. Oh, hallelujah. I know I've gone too long, amen. Let me just read another verse of scripture and I'm going to close. I feel like God has ministered this entire, I don't even know how long I've been preaching, amen. Some of you would say too long, but however long I have been preaching, amen, I feel like God has been molding and shaping. He's been, he's been in there like a surgeon doing, the, doing some of the finer things, amen. And, and your mind has kind of turned while you were sitting here. Maybe you walked in here this morning and you said, I'm just not sure. I didn't even know if I wanted to come this morning. I don't even know what's going to, you know, maybe we're just going to sing a few songs and I'll go home and tend to the roast. I'm here to tell you that God can do something in your spirit. He can do something in your mind. He can do something in your body that nobody else can change. If you can get something deep down inside of you that says God promised it, God said it, God called it, God asked me, amen, and you can grab a hold of that, amen, like the substance that it is, because I'm here to tell you, a promise from God, a call from God, amen, are without repentance, praise the Lord. He does not take that back. He's not jerking it out from under you, getting you to reach for it, amen. You may not see it right now, but I'm here to tell you through the word of God and the anointing that is in this place God is turning somebody's mind and he's lifting somebody's spirit and he's encouraging somebody's heart that when I leave here today things are going to be different maybe your circumstances won't change but if you could just leave here with peace and comfort wouldn't that be a miracle from God hallelujah Romans chapter 5 I'm not going to hold you any longer Amen. Expectancy says something is coming. Something is coming. Romans chapter 5. I'm going to read this in two different versions. I'm going to read it in my normal, the New King James. And then I want to read it, amen, in the message. I'm going to tell you right away, I'm not a big proponent of the message. It, it confuses me. <laughs> Sometimes it just doesn't even make sense. But in this case, I was careful to make sure, Pastor, that although it's going to say it and sound entirely different, it is interpreting it correctly. So you can go do your homework, but I can assure you I have done mine. Can I get an amen? Let me read it first in the New King James. Therefore, having been justified by faith. There's that, that, that word again. We have peace with God. Didn't I just say that? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith 
into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. What, can I get an amen on that one? All right, good. Now, I'm not going to teach on this either. It's another lesson, but I want you to notice this order, okay? There's going to be an order right here. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Say, I need that. And perseverance, character. Say, I need that. And character, hope. Amen. Remember I said faith, the byproduct of faith is peace and hope. That's what Romans 5 is also telling us here. Now hope, oh, I love this. Hope does not disappoint. Do you see that? Do you see that? Have I preached too long? Hope does not disappoint. We get hope through faith in God. And hope doesn't disappoint. Amen. Because the love of God, this is why it doesn't disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now let me read this, and I want to read this, amen, and I, I want you to receive this. Romans chapter 5, 1 through 5 in the message. By entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us, set us up, set us right with him and make us fit for him, we have it all together with God because of our master Jesus. And that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that he has already thrown open his door to us. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand, out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. I'm not done. There's more to come. Verse 3. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles. I want the music to come. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience in us and how that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. Watch verse 5. In alert expectancy such as this. Hallelujah. In alert expectancy such as this, we're never left feeling short-changed. Quite the contrary. Watch this, Pastor. I love this. You're going to love this. We can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through His Holy Spirit. My God. It's not waiting. It's through expectancy. Through expectancy, the Word was telling us we can run all around this city and gather all the containers we want to and bring them into the house of God. And we can't gather enough to run out of containers for what God wants to do with us. Stand, stand to your feet with me.
want you just to lift your hands and I want you to begin to open your heart. I know this has been a long message, but I want you just to begin to open your heart. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to begin to call on Him. I want you to, if you will, in your prayer, I want you to begin to imagine. Would you, would you just participate, please? I know it's been a long service. It's been a long morning. But God is going to do something for some folks that need it desperately right now. In your prayer, would you just begin to say, God, stretch forth the tents, the stakes of my tent. Help me to stretch forth my cords. Would you just begin in your prayer right now to begin to say, God, I want to make enough room that I'm not just concerned with myself. I'm not just taking care of myself, but I want enough room in there for you. I'm here to tell you, if you have been waiting for the infilling of the Holy Ghost, you need to stop waiting and start expecting that God is going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. This is your moment right here. You don't need to wait for another moment or another day or another hour. If you have not been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, just start expecting it right now while your hands are lifted, while your heart is open, while your mind is clear, and just begin to sing, O parent. Begin to cry aloud, O parent. Begin to shout, O parent. I'm here to tell you, if you have walked into this place this morning and your body is racked with pain and you, you just can't get away from the pain that's in your body, if you've walked in here with chronic illness, I'm here to tell you, don't allow that illness to become your tent where you've got room for nothing else but your prescriptions and your doctor's appointments and you've become a bedfellow with your pain. I'm, I'm ministering to somebody right now. You've become comfortable in your pain. you become a bedfellow with your sickness. You've allowed that to become a partner with you in your life. I'm here to tell you, sing. I'm here to tell you, cry. I'm here to tell you, shout. I'm here to tell you, make room. God is wanting to heal. God is wanting to deliver. We're going to take just a minute right here. I want you to keep praying. I want you to keep seeking. Amen. We're not going to move forward just yet. we got more that God is going to do. But I want to hear you. I want to hear you praying. I want to hear you crying his name. I need to hear the church that's willing to reach. I need to hear a church that's willing to sing even if you don't feel like it. I need to hear a church that even though you feel like you're done, this is going to be a moment where you're going to pray through it. Amen. Somebody reach over and put a hand on Sister Dawn. Somebody, hallelujah If you begin to filter up to this front, amen I'm here to tell you, God is making room, amen Don't allow yourself to be held in that tent I'm here to tell you, it's time to stretch It's time to let God stretch you It's time to let God pull on you It's time to let God throw the doors of your tent open, amen And walk in and begin to fill it with blessings It's time for God to walk into your tent And give you the miracle that you've been waiting for, amen Is there anybody else that would come? We've got two or three, amen With hands lifted high that said, I need something else. We're not going to move beyond, amen, somebody being filled with the Holy Ghost or somebody being healed, amen, until we feel like God has touched. There we go, Brother Sponsler, amen. Can I get a couple of folks that will pray with him, amen. Can I get a couple of men that will say, I I'm willing to rest with him. I'm willing, amen, to go to bat with him. Is there anyone? 
we're going to take just a few minutes. We've got to wait on the Holy Ghost right here. I don't feel like it's time to move on yet. Amen. If you need to get to something, God bless you, you're dismissed. But there are folks, amen, that have been locked in their tent too long. There are folks in this church, amen, that have allowed themselves to go from waiting to barrenness. And today, they're going to leave here with expectancy. Today, they're going to leave here with a miracle of faith. They're going to leave here with the gifts of the Spirit operating in their heart, in their mind. Can I get a couple of ladies, amen, that would gather here around these two ladies, amen, as they're trying to cry out, as they're trying to sing, as they're trying to stretch, hallelujah. Is there anybody, amen, ladies, would you join these ladies here? Somebody right now is still wrestling. Somebody right now is fighting and they're battling against this prophetic word. God has prophesied to you today that if you will sing, if you will shout, if you will cry, oh, hallelujah, but you don't know how sick I am, but healing is in the wings, hallelujah. But you don't know how much I'm hurting. But deliverance, hallelujah, is in the horizon. Let that faith be your substance and your evidence. Get peace and faith and hope in that right now. Hallelujah. I feel this right here, right now. Is there anybody? Is there anybody here your kids are lost? Anybody here you would say, I'm going to walk to the front. I'm worried about my kids. Don't hesitate. I'm telling you, you don't need to hesitate this morning. But I've done this before, Brother Keith. This is different. This is different. We're expecting. We're not waiting. We're expecting. Hallelujah. Is there anybody? Would somebody reach over, a couple of you gentlemen, turn around and pray for Brother T. We're not going to be bashful today. We're going to stretch the tent stakes this morning. We're going to stretch out here today. Some of us need to be stretched. Some of us have found a comfortable place, amen, just in our own little tent, and we've allowed ourselves to become barren.